Hey, this is Brian Akar, host of Why I Left, here to let you know about an important cause for which I'm fundraising and need your support. Child trauma occurs more than you think. More than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by age 16. Since 1979, the Advocate Childhood Trauma Treatment Program has provided a range of specialized services for the treatment of and healing from experiences of trauma in the Chicago area. Knowing people who have experienced childhood trauma, I'm aware of its lasting impact. That's why, on October 13th, 2024, I'm back running the Chicago Marathon again, representing Advocate Health as a member of the charity running team and fundraising to benefit the program. Please visit the show notes and click the link for Be Run Chicago to donate to this cause. I appreciate any support that you could provide. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to Why I Left, a podcast that explores the great resignation. I'm your host, Brian Akar. Join me as I chronicle real stories from real people about the reasons they decided to leave their jobs during the pandemic and what has happened since. Hello. And thanks for tuning into this episode of the Why I Left podcast. In today's episode, I chat with Ken Pendergast, a digital marketing professional who made his way to healthcare. Ken lost one job, graduated with his master's, found another job after striking out multiple times, then actually resigned from that position, joining the great resignation trend all during the pandemic. Now, his struggle to find an entry-level role before finally catching a break is something that really resonated with me, given my own experiences during the Great Recession back of 2008. So I really wanted him to share his story. Let's get to it. All right. Welcome back. So our guest today is Ken Pendergast. Ken is a digital marketing professional with a really strong interest in public policy and population health. Now, after losing one job and graduating with his master's during the pandemic, he really began asking himself, you know, whether he made the right move before actually catching a break towards the end. So what he's going to share with us is the process that he went through during this time and the impact it's had since. So Ken, welcome to the show. And I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Definitely. So before, you know, look, this is a show about the great resignation and we're definitely going to get get into that. Uh, But before we do that, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, kind of where you currently call home. Yeah. So um, for the past about year and three months, I was actually living in Queens, Astoria, New York, wonderful place, great food scene. But I grew up on South Shore, Long Island in a little town called East Islip, working class family. My parents both work really hard at times, you know, multiple jobs to kind of keep things going and still like a really good work ethic in me. I just have like a really deep appreciation just for kind of the little things in life, you know, so grew up playing sports, hanging out with my friends and uh, yeah, just a typical South Shore kid. I like that. I like that. What are some of the things that you've been passionate about when it comes to the work you do? I was really big in high school. You kind of, it's kind of crazy. You get like, everything hits you at once and you're approaching graduation and people are starting to ask you, especially like at your family functions and stuff. Hey, like, what are you thinking about doing? What are you thinking about college? You know, what type of career do you want? And this is like your first time thinking about this as a, as a young adult. And 
the one thing, although I could never really like hammer in on a job that I was thinking or a career path, I just knew I wanted to help people. So throughout like my process of becoming a young professional and entering the workforce, I was just really focused on ways that I can I can make the, the greatest impact and just in helping people in any way that I can. Yeah. And now I've noticed that, you know, you obviously when we'll talk about, you know, you graduating during the pandemic, but describe your the type of work that you've been involved with and the working environments that you've been a part of, you know, given given this period. I know it's I know it's you know, you just got out of school, but but what has it been like your experience in the workforce? It's been interesting. It's been very interesting. I interned right before the pandemic hit. So I, I got a very good glimpse of what like, I guess, regular working force was like at that time, yeah. going to the office that that nine to five, hanging out by the water cooler, just kind of chatting with everybody throughout the day. So that was like my expectation of work. So when I entered the working force after graduation, you know, we're mid pandemic, there's still not even a vaccine out at this point. So there's just a lot of like, hesitation in every single industry and even healthcare included. So I started in uh, healthcare doing digital marketing and it was just very interesting to see that setting, uh, that office setting and, and how that kind of was, it was just like a shell of what I was used to. There really wasn't that kind of community when you, you would come into the office. So a lot of times when, when I would work in the office, it was just kind of, it was just me alone. You know, they gave me the key. I would open up the office, I'd lock the office and I would be really the only person in there. So that, that took a while to, to get adjusted to. Yeah. I'd imagine that that's a heck of a transition and it's actually, it's actually a perfect transition for us because, you know, you're working during the pandemic. And so, you know, describe really, look, these things happened in March. We're well aware of it and it's been a hell of a past two years, Uh, but let's take it back to, you know, talk a little bit about how the pandemic affected you. Yeah. So I would say the main thing that the pandemic would affect me was like, I really slowed down. Before it hit, I was working two jobs. I was about to start my own digital marketing company. I just got together like three clients. I remember the day uh, when I got off the phone with my my last client and I was like, wow, like, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. I was doing my master's full time. So pretty much like the trajectory of a normal day for me was I would wake up at six, seven in the morning. I would <laughs> go to the Stony Brook campus where I was working and I would, uh, you know, I would go to work for the day. And then it was really nice because I would just right after work, five o'clock would come. I would go to class for three, four hours. Then I would uh, drive home and then I would pretty much stay up and I'd write and I would do research until about like midnight or one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I also, if trying to fit in like these other work things that I was starting to work on, like in trying to build my own company. So when the pandemic hit, like it just took me from going like 150 miles an hour down the, down the expressway to kind of just complete standstill traffic, just everything stopped. And it really gave me some time. And I think a lot of people time to just sit back and reflect on what your values are, um, what's important to you. So when the pandemic first hit, like I was really just trying to touch base with myself because I was going so fast. So I really took that time to kind of get in tune with myself. Yeah. And that reflection piece, I, you know, that really resonates with me. A lot of folks took that time to really slow down. And so with reflection comes learning. What did you, you know, learn during the pandemic? 
It was interesting. I was going at such a fast pace. Like I said, I was going like 150 miles an hour before all this kind of just like stopped. So suddenly there really wasn't like a lead up to it. And it was interesting that you would think like after going so fast and getting to that point where everything slowed down, like I felt like a lot of people, at least just in like my viewpoint, kind of realized that they liked going slow. I don't know what it is or what that tick is that I have that like I constantly have to keep going, going, going. But it was really difficult for me to adjust to that kind of new pace of, you know, at the time I, I was I was working from home then, you know, school was from home. That was something that was like really different for me because like I always liked being in the classroom and, and talking with my peers and talking with my professors like before and after class. It's always good to have that kind of that physical presence. And, you know, I just I really realize like how much I appreciate it. People, you know, I don't take those small social interactions lightly anymore. Just even someone walking down the street that I talk with, like I value every second of that. So it really made me appreciate like working and, and just people in general. Oh, I like that. And, and so you were working at the time. So how did the pandemic and, you know, so March is when it really came on, Mm -hmm. how did it really start to affect the relationship with your job? Yeah. So I worked for the Performing Arts Center. So like a lot of in-person events, like we had a 1200 seat, you know, theater where we would have people come and perform. So like in the pandemic, like especially when that first hit, the thing I'm thinking, like it took until really like September of this past year for Broadway to come back, you know? So at that time, like I'm thinking, oh no, like I'm thinking this, like when the pandemic hit, And if I remember correctly, it was kind of like, we're going to take two weeks, we're going to assess everything, then we'll go from there. And I was like, okay, so maybe like the two weeks go by and and everything's okay. But even then, like when it was at that point, I was like, this isn't good. You know, we're doing things in person, like that's our bread and butter here. So this can't be good. But we transitioned to home for a little bit. It went a lot longer than I expected being able to work for them. So I was actually really appreciative of that, that they kept me around for as long as they did. But eventually, you know, it's just kind of like attrition set in. So, you know, they they had to let me go right around like mid-May, end of May. Okay. And you were there, you were with them for almost a year, right? Yeah, just about. I I think I, uh, I finished up at about nine months with them. Okay. So May 2020, you get the unfortunate news, you know, you get laid off. What were your thoughts, you know, around this time? and, And how did the layoff impact you? At the time, I was already starting to prepare looking for full-time, you know, employment post-graduation because I, I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen. Yeah. So I was starting to like get ready. You know, I got my resume up to date. I, you know, was starting to kind of look around, see who was hiring. There wasn't many people hiring. So once that hit, like it was kind of like, all right, like I went from trying to find a career to just trying to like make money. So I was applying to like, pizza guy jobs, um, <laughs> you know, working like I was really ready to do to do anything. But like, I think it really hit home when I got like a formal rejection notice from Target to be a sales associate. So I was just wow. like, okay, wow. like this is this is tough. You know, I was like, I would have loved to work a retail job at that point, I would have done anything. So that was tough. And then I, I think when I was like, wow, like, I don't know when this is going to get any better was I, I met with my career center, you know, obviously the conversation tone, as you can imagine, is like a little somber yeah. and uh, you're trying to figure out like what to do or who to network with. There really isn't much going on. And, uh, you know, I asked the question, I was like, Hey, like, look, like I have bills like to pay and I have not making money. 
And what do you like recommend? I'm like, I'm trying to look at Target. Is there something maybe like that you would know of that I, that I could get for the time being? And they're just like, look, like try unemployment benefits. And I was like, okay. wow. You, wow. Know, this is, you know, this is the reality. It wasn't like they were telling me to give up, but they're like, look, like, you know, we understand that you, you have things to pay for. And like, this is pretty much, this might be your only option. So that was tough. Wow, that is that's tough information to hear. And now when you got laid off, you were still in school, right? Yeah. So I had a I had a few months until I graduated. I, I graduated on July fourth. So that was cool. Okay. Um, especially being like a public policy person. It, you know, that was really exciting. But yeah, I was like I was pretty much only had like a month or so left. Okay. And then now graduation comes. When did you finally catch a break? So in June, it's kind of crazy. I, I remember applying to this job because like I was sending out about like 50 to 100 applications a day. I was Ooh, applying to like wow. Boise, Idaho. I was looking all over. I would have went anywhere. Like if the yeah. North Pole had a job opening, I would have taken it. It was getting to that point where I was like really trying to end up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was so exhausted at this point. Just like, it's like, you really just, it feels like you're banging your head against the wall. And uh, I was on LinkedIn and I saw a job and it was like one of those ones where it was like, it was an easy apply. So I usually tried to do the hard applications during the day, do the cover letters and everything. And then anything I could easy apply, I saved for like, as I was falling asleep. And I remember looking at it, I clicked it. And then I just remember like falling asleep. And then <laughs> I actually woke up. I was woken up by a phone call at like 830 in the morning. And it was this person and they're like, hey, my name's so-and-so. I work for this. We're recruiting for this company. They're looking for digital marketing help. They're a healthcare company. This is something you'd be interested in. And like at that point, I was like, wow, like, thank you. This is great. You know, this sounds awesome. You know, so I went through the interview process and that was pretty interesting. I did four interviews. So that was like, it was like each interview was like, oh my, like I'm definitely getting like that next step closer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're, and there really, there wasn't anything else at that point. So like, this was it, you know, so I really just kind of had all my chips on the table. And, uh, you know, thankfully I, I ended up with the job. That was my big break. No, that's awesome. And you catch this break in around June, I would imagine you put what started in July or so. Yeah, like mid July end of July. I okay. think everything was was when I was starting. Okay. And then now how long did that opportunity last for you? So I was there about, I guess, like four and a half, five months. And I remember I was driving to my office. I was like one of the only people really working in person at that point too. So that was like a very unique experience. But I I was driving to the office and had the key and everything. I always like to get there like really early, like 7.30, kind of just collect, drink some coffees, you know, get everything set for the day. And, uh, you know, sun was rising. It was just like a really nice summer day. And I I remember thinking like, wow, like I'm so appreciative of this job. Like, this is great. You know, I I, I get to work. I get to work in person. You know, this is awesome. And I felt like a notification go off. Like I heard something go off on my phone. So I get to the office and I open it up and it's from it's from LinkedIn and it's from a, uh, you know, a larger organization in the area. And they were asking if I if I wanted to work in New York City, which at the time was uh for most people not the uh desirable situation this yeah. like before vaccine too just me being me i was like this sounds great this sounds awesome i love yeah. new york city you know i was like let's do it you know so i i went through the uh the process with them and it it was really tough you know leaving the place that like gave you your start like i felt like this kind of like i wish there was like two of me or like mm-hmm. if they could like 
one person could have me one week and they, they could trade me. You know, I felt really bad. Like I, I wanted to still be there, but the opportunity to go to the city to get into, you know, a company where I had some familiarity with, you know, I was just really excited about that opportunity to go to the city, even though like really it was uh, when I got there, it was, it was very different from what I remembered. No, I could imagine if you, and so around what time was this? There were, were you so then? Everything, so like around Thanksgiving, and then the process finally, I remember uh, when I found out I got the job, you know, they just wanted to check in and make sure, you know, like, they're like, are you sure you want to go to New York City? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they're like, we we were ideally looking for someone to move there. And I was like, rent's really cheap. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I remember I said something along the lines of like, I would have had an apartment already, you know, but I wasn't sure. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to tell my family like for Christmas, like to get me like home stuff or like just kind of like you know, whatever, like regular stuff that they've been getting me for the past 20 years. And the way they basically told me was like, you know, you should probably get some, some kitchenware. You know, that's how I found out. And I, I found a place in a week. Mm-hmm. I moved in, like the landlords were very motivated back then to, to get people in there. I and uh, they were. yeah, it was, I, I spent, I spent Christmas there. It was cool. Like I did my first, my first ever Christmas. I cooked a stir fry. It was just like me, me and my apartment. <laughs> um, so it was cool. You know, it was like a really, I was super stoked about it, but it, it was interesting being there because it was, uh, it was very at a standstill. So like, you know, a lot of the things that people associate with the city just weren't, you know, happening. There wasn't even indoor dining at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, at that, at that stage during the pandemic, I mean, it was, it was like a virtual ghost town there. Yeah. So, you know, so, all right. So around you put in your resignation. You, so now, now you become a part of the great resignation. So, <laughs> you know, as the, as the, as the show implies, right. So why did you leave your job during the pandemic. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you struggling with mental health issues but find it difficult to make time for in-person therapy? BetterHelp has got you covered. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that connects you with licensed therapists from the comfort of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can access professional counseling whenever and wherever you need it on your schedule. And the best part, it's affordable, confidential, and easy to use. As the host of Why I Left, I know that life can be tough sometimes, and that's why it's important to take care of your mental health. BetterHelp offers a wide range of services, including individual counseling, couples therapy, and even online group sessions. So whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health issue, BetterHelp can provide the support you need to feel better. Sign up for BetterHelp today and start living a happier, healthier life. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash why I left. That's betterhelp.com slash why I left. Take care of yourself. Yeah, so I think... I think the main thing was I really like ideally I wanted to be in New York City. I always wanted to be in New York City. My grandfather lives out there. You know, I always loved visiting him. 
I just love the energy there. You know, like I said before, I'm kind of a person that goes at that like 150 miles per hour. It's very hard to, you know, slow me down. So I felt like I was, I would fit in there because everybody is going 150 miles an hour. So you're not kind of like the the oddball that's just like racing around. Right. So I, re- I really wanted to go to the city. And then the, the other thing too, is I valued the growth opportunity that this new company was possibly going to provide me. You know, I felt like it was a place where I, I could grow as a professional and, you know, continue growth in my my career so that so i would say those are like the two main reasons how they how they got me to come aboard no that that makes sense and you know you know studies are showing a lot of that too you know the the, the opportunity for growth for development that's that's one of the reasons behind uh, of the many reasons i should say uh behind the great resignation so i'm glad you mentioned that so you're in this new role so tell us a little bit about what has happened since yeah, so I did this role in New York City for a, a year and three months. Right around like New Year's, I uh, just was kind of, you know, I joined this company for career development. So I figured, let me take a look at the internal jobs portal and just see, you know, what mm-hmm. what's out there? How does this process work? I probably won't get anything this time around, but let me just see how it works so I know. So I, I put in an application. I found this uh, one job doing population health that I thought was interesting. I always wanted to work with like data and, uh, you know, statistics. And I felt like, you know, it was kind of more t- geared towards what I was learning in graduate school. Up until then, I, I mostly was in business roles. So f- for me, it was like, all right, l- let me see, you know, how this goes and put in the application don't hear anything for some time. So I'm like, okay, you know, like I just know the process now. And then uh, one day I, I get a call. I meet with this this other department in my company. I approach every interview. It's just like a conversation. So I wanted to see like, is this something I want to do? What the vibe is over there? How, how we connect? You know, is there going to be a good working relationship here? And everything like just was really great. Like we hit it off really well and they were excited and I was excited. And then, uh, you know, they, they offered me a... Uh, the job in their department. And it was really tough. Again, like I feel I felt like this, like, again, like, I wish there was like another me out there to kind of like, (laughs) help out, you know, it, I I don't know, uh, how other people feel, but I always just feel this like very strong connection to my work. And I'm sure that's because like, I was so appreciative of just to have a job, you know, so for me, it was tough, but it feels like been here for a little over a month now. And I'm meeting a lot of people and I'm making a lot of connections. And the work has been great. And yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed this so far. It's been awesome. No, that's that's great to hear. And so throughout this whole process, you know, the resigning, now you're, now you're in the city, you know, similar to what I was asking about earlier, but what have you learned about yourself now throughout this whole resignation process, getting a new opportunity? And now it looks like you have some real growth opportunities. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the main thing that I learned is just not to be so hard on yourself, to be enthusiastic during adversity. Although that's like easier said than done. I think when you go through the trials and tribulations and and embrace it, you know, it really helps you grow as a person. So I, I would say I would say the main thing that I learned is just not to be so hard on myself, to be enthusiastic and to uh, you know, just welcome anything, you, even even the difficult times. You know, there's been a lot for a lot of people during this pandemic and there's a lot of people that really like embraced the bad and 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 helped, you know, enact real change during these past two years. That for all the bad that you hear about, there's also been a lot of really like wonderful, fantastic things that have happened. I wholeheartedly agree. This is a show where I interview folks, but let me tell you, there are so many attributes to your story that I can relate to back in the Great Recession. Maybe that's another topic for another show, but uh, but no, I, I, I appreciate you you saying that. 
So now as we, you know, you think about everything that you've been through over these past couple of years, you know, what advice would you give to our listeners who may have experienced something similar, right? This, this new grad angle is something I'd really, yeah. you know, think people can, can relate to. Yeah, there's really three things that come to mind. So, so the first is to be open-minded, right? Like, so when I was applying for jobs, like it's somewhere in Kentucky offered me a job and it seemed like a decent opportunity. Like there was a good working relationship there. The conversation we had seemed like it was going to be good. Go for it. You know, go to Kentucky. Don't limit yourself because I think that's kind of what would hold people back in a sense mm-hmm. is you don't want to like set a bar for yourself and, and miss out on an opportunity that actually could end up really helping you out. So definitely be open-minded. If you're in school now, I highly recommend trying to intern if you can, trying to network with people, you know, because when I was looking for a job, I, I touched base with like, I had my my quote unquote Rolodex. I know that's a little old school, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had my Rolodex and I, I called everybody, you know, I got in touch with everybody that was in there. It didn't lead to a job, but you know what? It was It was good to maintain that contact, those relationships to speak with those people, see how they're doing, how they're handling things. You never know how, how those connections could pay off later down the road, or it's just always good to, to know people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the last thing is you have to stay structured. You know, I was unemployed for like a month and a half. And I think the thing that I found was really important is to, you know, hold yourself accountable to a routine, make sure you stick to that, make sure you stay structured, because really, at the end of the day, accountability is everything. And, you know, the only person that's truly going to hold you accountable is yourself. So really just try to try to stay structured. And, you know, of course, don't, you know, don't give up. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. You, You only fail when, when you stop trying. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So look, this, this was great, Ken, to hear your story, to have you share with others. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some people who, who resonate with your experience, not only as a, as a new grad, right? But, you know, maybe getting laid off, getting another opportunity and those feelings. So now before we get out of here, a couple more things I wanted to, to touch on. One, so where can our listeners, you know, find, follow or, mm-hmm. or support you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest place to get me. I actually probably like the worst millennial. Um, you know, I don't really have like Twitter or Instagram or anything. Find me on LinkedIn. You know, I'd love to talk shop about, you know, marketing. I have a passion for public policy, specifically urban planning. Uh, so yeah, find me there. It's start a conversation. I'm, I'm very responsive. As I know, right? You you reached out, you responded to me. So I, I appreciate that. And and now also too, on a, a bit more of a somber note, I understand, you know, you recently, you know, tragically lost a friend. And so, you know, mm-hmm. my condolences to to his family, loved ones, as well as friends. I uh, wanted you to, there's an opportunity you wanted to share something about yeah. where people could could support what's going on here. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I, I really appreciate it. And I want to start this off by saying I'm, I'm always so appreciative of my town where I grew up in uh, East Islip. They come together like it, it has that kind of small town feel. So even during the bad times, like we, we all come together, we all have each other's back. You know, so I, I really appreciate like just seeing everybody and uh, getting together with everyone that was you know, it really sticks out to you because when people come together, it, it, uh, you know, it unlocks all of our true potential, you know, so my friend had a, uh, a battle with ALS. It's, uh, you know, really difficult disease to go through, to have just the way that it affects you is, is awful. You know, so if I can implore any of you, the, the family asked for in lieu of flowers to donate to the, uh, ALS ride for life foundation based on Stony Brook campus, they do, they do wonderful work. They did a lot of great things for my friend because, you know, when we're all one, when we're all together, there's really, there's nothing that can't be done, you know, together we can all, we can all conquer ALS. So, you know, thank you for anybody that, uh, 
takes the time out to donate. No, I appreciate you sharing that again and, and condolences uh, again from me and, and as well as everyone a part of the show. All right. So look, that'll do it for, for today's episode. Again, I want to thank you, Ken, uh, for joining us. I'll be sure to share the information about where folks can, can find you as well as the ALS uh, link in our show notes. And so they'll be able to, to reach out. And should you want to donate, folks, by all means, please, please do so. So I hope everyone has a great week. Again, Ken, thank you for your time. And I, will, and I will see you all next time. That's it. Thanks again for listening to Why I Left. Be sure to join us next time for more stories from the Great Resignation. Visit us at www.whyileft.co. That's whyileft.co. And subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, podcasters. It's Brian Akar, host of Why I Left. Are you ready to take your show to the next level? I've got a game changer for you. Meet Dave, the genius behind apodcastgeek.com and the man who keeps me and why I left looking and sounding so crisp. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just getting started, Dave's got your back. He's the go-to producer for podcasters who demand nothing but the best. At apodcastgeek.com, you can easily order your next episode. And the best part, got a special offer, is you'll receive 10% off your first order using code BA10. That's right, 10% off to kickstart your podcasting journey by simply using the code BA10 at checkout. Now, don't wait. I know you've been thinking about starting a show, and maybe this is your sign to just get out there and do it. So what I want you to do is visit apodcastgeek.com, sign up, and start creating amazing content. Dave and his team are simply amazing, and you won't regret it. At apodcastgeek.com, they're going to help you reach new heights with your podcast. And of course, tell them that Brian from Why I Left sent you. See you soon.